0: And welcome to Get the Table. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by Michael Hamlet and Andy Murray from What Culture to discuss what TV 14 Monday Night Raw could well look like.
1: And well, to make an obvious point, Michael Hamlet, is this
0: the return of the attitude era?
1: No. And, <laughs> and at this point, we shouldn't be welcoming the return of the attitude era. I shouldn't need to say this, but like just very, very briefly again. Never forget that as great as elements of the Attitude Era were the one thing it didn't really have going for it was wrestling. You know, there was a lot of vulgarity, there was a lot of bad language, um, all the things that, like, teenagers enjoy and some adults trapped in Arrested Development, and by that I don't mean the high-quality TV show, I mean some low-quality people... It was a period of time, and to be fair to WWE, it was reflective of pop culture too. It was one of those few times. Vincent Mann has often said he likes to not be actually ahead of the curve, but ever slightly behind it, because he's then able to, like, catch the wave as it passes and then, like, keep some people around and mark it to them. Feels like he understands that section of the audience better. But every now and then, WWE captures the zeitgeist, as it did in the 80s. In Reagan's 80s with Hulk Hogan, and as it did in the late 90s with the Attitude Era. Sometimes these things are nice. It wouldn't be nice in 2022, right? The Attitude Era, the closest we get to the Attitude Era uh, motifs, if you like, as a result of TV14 would be, say, a little bit of bad swearing, but nobody would be calling for the homophobia, the racism, the sexism of the Attitude Era. That, again, some of those were staples of the time, even if they weren't right. They certainly wouldn't be the staples of now. We don't need, uh, you know, divas being just exploited for their bodies. We don't need Triple H or anyone like him coming out and talking about his cack. I don't want to talk about cum. I want to talk <laughs> about pro wrestling first and foremost, regardless of the stories that get us there. And yeah, all of that very sort of locker room teenagery stuff, which wasn't just on WWE. It's reflected in lots of pop culture from the time. Is okay staying just there, regardless yeah. of people's comp- like what they believe is what made wrestling great once upon a time.
0: Yeah, I do the gimmick of what about the attitude era sometimes, Andy, because people romanticize it so mm. much, don't they? And, and you know, will, will this move to TV 14, as, as many people have predicted and called for for many years, actually improve things for you?
3: Uh, I don't necessarily think so. No, I think a lot of people look at this as some kind of magic wand that is going to take everything they dislike about the WWE product, which they have attributed to the PG change, and and just make it disappear. Um, Fundamentally, you'd have to completely rework the entire way the wrestling company does business and produces Content uh, for the kind of changes that people are expecting—it's not a simple case of substituting two numbers, sorry, two letters for two mm. numbers—and suddenly it's edgy again, and we're we're back in the '90s, and, and grunge is a thing, and oh, look, new metals around the corner. <laughs> what have we got in 2022? We've got uh, Ed Sheeran and Taylor Swift, right? It's a completely different mm. cultural scenario. Pepsi Crystal doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> <guys. laughs> Beaver's butter back. Yeah, well, <laughs> but, you know. well, there we go. Um, no, I mean. It might might allow them to expand into slightly edgier, if you will, uh, content, but at the same time, for Throughout its many, many years of existence, mainstream American professional wrestling has shown that it can absolutely not be trusted uh, with edgier content. So it might give them the freedom to do more. But should they do more? History tells us that the subtlety hammer will probably come down on things pretty quickly. And uh, the problems that Michael Hamlet has just described will arise. Um I th- again, I feel like a lot of people think we'll just be swimming in bollocks and, and tits and stuff, <laughs> right? Everyone will be... See- it's a powerful visual. Ah, everyone will be dropping, see you next Tuesdays and whatever else is every five minutes. I think if if there's going to be any kind of change whatsoever, right, I think at the very most you're going to get a, an S word or, or whatever every couple of episodes. You might get like an AEW liberal use of swearing or whatever, mm-hmm. fine. But ultimately now in 2022 more than ever before and this trend continues so it'll be even more pronounced a few years from now WWE are not a direct consumer company in terms of the majority of its revenue anymore. The vast majority of the money that WWE brings in is from other businesses. They're a business-to-business company. That means that it's coming from TV networks, it's coming from the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, uh, other content rights, sponsors, all of that stuff. Not Stevie from uh, Wales who's tuning into Sky Sports at 2 in the morning because he's a hardcore fan and he's there every week. Um, that means they have... Uh, it's even more important for the company to appeal, appease their corporate partners. Those are the people that they will be thinking of when they come to this product. They won't be thinking about us who grew up in the 90s and therefore love the attitude era because it's what we grew up on and everyone romanticizes the era they grew up with. Mm-hmm. and They will be looking to appease... Big suit Barry, or whatever, right? The billionaires that are making them all their money, their sponsors, their partners, their shareholders, all these guys. Uh, and what happens when you move towards that edgier content is you stand a higher risk of alienating these people who look at your nice, shiny, family friendly product and go, This is a group that I want to advertise for, or whatever. So, um, drastic changes aren't coming. <laughs> and I'm sorry to burst all the bubbles. Uh, you might see the odd S. Mm -hmm. H-I-T, on your episode of SmackDown. But uh, across the whole, man, it's a company that has assembled this massive writing team of 40 people who used to work in reality TV or whatever. They're still going to be penning the content from the mind of Vince McMahon or Bruce Pritchard or whoever's pulling strings three months from now. Who the heck knows? (laughs) Uh, That is fundamentally the same system, just with slightly looser guidelines. I don't see it changing.
0: People have been calling this for a long time, arguably since they went PG in the first place. Why is this suddenly happening now? Is it a bit like when they went Attitude Era or in response to WCW because of AEW's rise, do you think?
1: Um, I don't know. I think one of the problems with uh, people that don't maybe... and Look, I don't ask all fans to think critically about pro wrestling. There's a lot of different ways to watch pro wrestling and skin that cap, but I just think a lot of people don't necessarily think critically about why they might not enjoy a product anymore. PG... Uh, like other eras, like the end of the attitude era or the beginning of whatever era you want to label anything, like they're often used as these monsters or these boogeymen for why things went wrong, because I think it's just easier in people's minds to imagine that something specific happened that stopped something being good. It's easy. For a product that never ends, it's easier to be able to define these things by beginnings and ends, and that's just simply not the case. WWE went PG in 2008, and to Murray's point... A big part of that was nothing to do with the USA Network. I, I don't think they were on spike. I think they'd gone back to the USA Network. And it wasn't to do with the television network. It was partly to do with an impending, enormous sponsorship deal with Mattel, which ended up generating them like funds untold. And a lot of things occurred. as re- If you remember when Daniel Bryan was briefly released, I think Mattel were named in Eat Right, like, WWE, a cow into the sponsors there because we don't do choking anymore with mm-hmm. the tie. And that was like a quite a key period where a lot of things were disappearing because Mattel had said, "Eh, we wouldn't really like that. And that toy money was worth a great deal to WWE. It was their choice to go PG. Also, this was 2008. This was 12 months and less removed from uh, the Chris Benoit situation, the uh, drugs and steroid and other scandals that followed a scandal hit 2007. This was, if nothing else, a clean-up job by WWE. They wanted a philosophical shift in order to do some good PR with John Cena, the perfect PG (laughs) wrestler at the front, by the way, Could that have been done as easily with The Rock and Steve Austin? We'll never know. But it's an interesting hypothetical, isn't it, Mm. to imagine if you didn't have a John Cena at the front to be able to lead that charge. And I just think people look at 2008's PG shift as some magical creative shift when it really wasn't. Mm. You know, like, we've gone on and on and on about the fact that there was a decline setting in. If we want to be really picky, as early as 2000, which I personally would consider their finest creative year, (laughs) and even then you can see the back end of that year and think, you know what, Rikishi, why well, is Steve Austin doing all these things and making me sad now? You can pick a part of that <laughs> and be like, was this as good as it was six months ago and trailer. All the people will have their own different ones. yeah is the point I'm trying to make. And a lot of people found it easy to look at 2008 as this big line in the sand, even though there are countless other ones where you feel like your wrestling consumption or sort of your enjoyment of wrestling might have dropped off a little bit. To the point about AEW and AEW's more liberal use of, say, bad language and violence and things like that, I would argue that it's not taken that long of AEW's existence for them to normalise that too much. Yeah, if you mm-hmm. look at MJF's uh, work shoot and uh, John Moxley's accidental one that got that enormous pop, it now takes the F-bomb to get a reaction because they took the P with the S. Like That was once the most shocking swear word on a wrestling show, and that's been like diluted yes. over three years of regular... It became a bit of a running joke. Who's going to get to say the S-word on Dynamite this week? <laughs> Similarly, I would say with Blood, uh, with Plunder... Cody, Cody Rhodes had to set himself on fire and prep his back for the flames in order to make a plunder match feel more powerful on television because those were being somewhat bastardised as well. So there's nothing that can't be beaten into the ground on a wrestling show. So whilst WWE might have somebody internally looking at AEW and being like, wow, they're three years in. They're still going to be getting TV rights deals. They're going to be getting quite handsome TV rights deals at like that. Should we have a little bit of a look? Should we try and see what they were doing? Ultimately they're pretty much dealing in different art forms at this Mm. point. So yes, if a WWE superstar drops an an S-word, it's going to feel different to an AEW wrestler doing Mm -hmm. it because Mm -hmm. they are fundamentally different products and we know the one man that can change that and a PG to a TV-14 isn't going to be the difference maker for him. USA Network haven't made it clear whether they like this potential directive change or not. just It's been rubber-stamped for now. Six months down the road, they might say, we're not super keen, and to Murray's point, if you're a few months away from rights videos and if we don't love this, they're going to say, right, off that goes again. Yeah. It goes as quick as that.
0: Andy, cut the <laughs> who, who, do think, who do you think is going to benefit the most from this? You talk about The Rock and Stone Cold, people sick of here. back in the day. Who now, I mean, you know, they've been so limited for so many years with, with scripted promos, and I'm not anticipating that they're going away yeah. by any yeah. stretch of the imagination who do you think would actually benefit from it going TV 14 from PG?
3: You guys are going to hate this answer, right? Everyone watching this is going to hate this answer because it's a total cop-out answer, but it's the truth. And the answer is absolutely nobody. Because every little move is still going to be micromanaged and every little move is still going to be scripted. It's going to be penned by somebody else and you're going to have to get this script an hour before it goes on air and memorize someone else's words and, and play someone else's vision of a character. Um, for me, the TV rating switching will not have any impact on how the shows are constructed, how they're scripted, how they're performed, anything like that. The fundamental way in which they put things together is that heavily scripted, micromanaged nature. So to be honest, I don't think absolutely anyone mm. would benefit in particular. Um, you can probably sit down and go, okay, well, Kevin Owens, he's witty on the microphone. If he had a bit more freedom, he'd, he could say, you know, these things and he'd be even more over than he already is and he's incredibly over. Um, but he's not going to get that freedom because I don't think that changing the TV rating means that suddenly the writers are going, actually, you know what, Kev? You're just getting bullet points this week, mate. We're not going to script your whole diatribe. I think, um, you know, beyond that, maybe some of your guys like I think the ceiling for this whole thing is probably do you remember that brief period it was a run of like two or three weeks where Paul Heyman's fingerprints are all over Raw yeah. and SmackDown at the moment and it was kind of overstated but also there were some cool things like Bobby Lashley and Braun Strowman going through the cage uh, through the Draw, video yeah, wall yeah, yeah. yeah and Corey Graves going holy s yes, and stuff yeah. that stuff was fun because it was like oh my goodness they haven't done stuff like this in years even though it's all totally safe and all of that I think the ceiling is that and maybe those guys who are positioned in those stunt kind of environments are going to benefit a fair bit but man everything's still going to be mm. you know regimented I, nobody's really going to benefit from this other than maybe fans who like the style
0: more. yeah i, I get where you're coming from there I'm, I'm trying to be a little bit more optimistic <laughs> about it but i i think a bit, you know roman Reigns doesn't need any more help to get mm. any more over i think arguably this will make him even more over going tv 14 and Owens is a great example. Sami Zayn, incredibly mm. witty on the microphone. And then I look to someone like Riddle, who I do think may benefit from this. And I know it's still going to be the kind of WWE version of his lifestyle. Yeah. And his You're it telling
3: it me be. that under TV14, he
1: won't just be rolling one up on right. here? Yeah, exactly. Gosh. By which you mean on his scooter, right? Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, know what yeah, yeah, that yeah, reference yeah. yeah. is otherwise. <laughs> and
0: then we've got, we've got like <laughs> Becky Lynch, who was talking about sodding choo-choo trains on yeah, Monday Night yeah. Raw. You've got to tell me that maybe she'll be given a little bit more leeway.
1: I think it's as much to do with what it is now, which is there are wrestlers, and oddly I include Becky Lynch in that, and it's a shame that this example sort of suggests otherwise. There are certain wrestlers, we talk about Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn a lot, but there are certain wrestlers within WWE that can game the system. That never really changes regardless of how the system does. So Kevin Owens and Sammy Zane, and others like them, have mostly been gaming the system to survive within it the entire time they've been there. Becky Lynch found a route and did it. Seth Rollins, to an extent, is doing Mm. it now. Mm. Cody Rhodes, on what limited evidence we have, has figured out a way to do it. There are certain wrestlers that, for whatever reason, whether it's just Vince McMahon giving them the trust to do so, or... um, them basically having to play 4D chess just to like, clock into work that day because a lot of wrestlers fail at it. You know, they, they desperately want to succeed and still fail. So the system might change ever so slightly and then the wrestlers will get the challenge of trying to game that one. Uh, one of the things for me when Brian Danielson, this is not like to sort of divert our path too much, but when Brian Danielson left for AEW, one of the things that immediately bothered me was this idea that, oh, well, finally that Daniel Bryan era is over and I would like to hold that in amazing regard for how he was able to be, some, yeah. be Daniel Bryan and make Daniel Bryan mean something within WWE. I thought that was an incredible achievement. What a polymath of a pro wrestler that man was to make that work mm-hmm. for as long as he did. He could have retired as Daniel Bryan, and none, nobody would have thought, rubbish career there, wasted it. You know, like, nobody would have gone best years of his life down the tubes. They would have been like, wow, pretty amazing that he made it work in WWE. And then he goes to AEW... And he is permitted to let loose as Brian's Dennis again. And that's cool in its own way. And there's blood and there's like teeth getting knocked out in certain matches. And hiss Yeah. There's, there's, <laughs> there's everything. So you're like, oh, the best ones can do the best in any environment. I'm not. Uh, Brian Anderson is an incredibly high ceiling. But the point there is that a lot of people can do work, can work well under certain restrictions. And that includes when those restrictions change Uh Everyone goes through a barrier or a table every single week on Raw. So it's not going to be, you know, like a weapon is no longer what it used to be. But how do you make that weapon count more than it used to? And I'm not saying Cody Roach just set it on fire. <laughs> but what I am saying is when you might not expect a weapon in a segment because it doesn't normally happen at this point in a Raw, you might suddenly get it mm. and it might feel more yeah. powerful than it might have once done. But it's, it's, on, those, it's on those artists to just be like to have that in them to still be artists because sometimes you see it get beaten out of people
3: another big challenge with this whole thing would be things like weapon-based matches right because back then a tlc match blew your mind when you know uh, wrestlemania 17 and wherever else um when mick foley came up with a tables ladders chairs oh my it was like like i remember watching the the tables match at the the 2000 Royal Rumble uh, between oh. the Hardys and the Dudleys and stuff. And at the time, it was the most mind-blowing thing in the world. It was like, oh my goodness, they just, what, they jumped off the entranceway and yeah. four, four tables, what's going on here? It was chaos. Um, it's, it's 22 years later, and the ladder matches are boring now. Like they, they, you watch one and you can see every single beat because I think I think it was last year. WWE did literally 10% of the ladder matches in their history. They do <laughs> one every couple of weeks almost. So these stipulations are no more. You can, once you've got to this level, you can't really escalate, and like unless you want to do like exploding barbed wire death matches, which AEW did. to not so great results (laughs) so like the shock value that made that era so special in the time uh in that cultural moment as Hamlet described is gone uh there's nowhere else to go you have this slightly looser rating but the things you're now allowed to play with are things that we've seen for 22 years and we're now kind of bored of so for me if you want to change your product for the better, it has to be a bit more fundamental than changing a little rating.
0: Yeah, in terms of concluding here what TV14 Raw will look like, is it, as Andy alluded to there, is it just more weapon stuff? Is it effing and jeffing? Is it the return of blood to WWE?
1: Again, all of these things are company policies. If they, if Vincent Mann suddenly deems, he wants called Blade in barbaric, barbaric because it suited, and then lifted the ban, and then banned it again, and so on and so forth. So, like with TV14, it'll be an in-house choice if Blood comes back, if something like Headshots comes back, if they promise or pledge money to like CTE research and say, look, when we do Headshots, it's safe, all that kind of thing. That'll be, I guess, case by case, a bit more under the TV14 rating. One thing I think it might do differently to Raw is not as the three-hour experience, I don't think that'll feel too different if you're sat every night in front of you every Monday to watch, but, in terms of um, social media and more snackable WWE content, so the things that make it to TikTok, the things that get shared on Twitter, that might they might see an uptick in that. Raw, unless you are deep within that WWE Twitter bubble, just does not generate the conversation that you it used to the next day. I know everyone's curated followers is slightly different, but it does not see unless you know when it's generating a talking point because it's the one thing everybody's talking about. Yeah. Otherwise, it just like generic segments of Raw no longer appear in the way that they would have previously done so because people have stopped analyzing WWE because WWE kind of asked you to. These non PG moments, these TV 40 moments, real shock stuff, it won't land in that way that could potentially change WWE's footprint like it might have done in 2000, but it might get some conversation going for mm. a bit or this thing that you have to go out of your way to see in the same way that a non wrestling. TikTok or a non-wrestling video might get shared in your WhatsApp group. WWE does stand a chance of penetrating that again, just because I think those shocking scenes do yeah. a bit more trade and a bit more business in that regard. And they like that. They like social media shares. They like talking up their numbers. So that it might help in that regard. It's a three-hour viewing experience as a TV show. I can't see the aesthetic shifting too much. You hate to say it because people desperately want change. Yeah. And any time a situation like this comes up, kind of reach out for it and you don't want to be the one to snap those hands away but you know it's WB
3: yeah it's kind of what I've been doing for the past 15 minutes really, <laughs> isn't it? Quickly,
1: do you think it'll bring
0: any fans back not you know lapsed uh, fans
3: I think it'll bring curiosity viewers yeah. back for a short while at the very least I think a lot of people have hedged a lot of hope in this kind of thing and and uh, maybe Attitude Era fans who are in our age group who, who love that that edginess of the time who have been driven away by the and sanitised is absolutely the word uh, that the shift in the product over the past 20 years and really it started in ruthless aggression mm-hmm. um, like wholesale um, mm-hmm. I think that those people will go hey like, look, even looking under the tweets of, of Andrew Zarian and, and and the other people who covered this topic when the reports came out, I was like, oh, wow, I'll be watching Raw for the first time in X years or whatever. But once you tune in and you kind of look at it and go, oh, okay, this is kind of kind of the same, except every hour had a different swear word in it. Yeah, um, yeah I, 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 I wish I could sit here and be more optimistic about it, as you guys are, but I... I, I cannot break the the cynicism i have that this middle rope
1: is going to be barbed wire the bottom one's going to be on fire like every match all uh, the time
3: and the top one is going to be a live eel all the way around (laughs) the thing Um, electrified one just just genuinely speaking my whole truth of this is that i don't see it changing anything significant whatsoever
0: very interesting to see what they do though but do let us know your thoughts on the new potentially tv 14 rating for
2: monday night raw (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, in the comments or on Twitter at What Culture WWE where you can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamlet at
3: Michael Hamflit Follow Andy Murray at, at Andy H. Murray. How about, hey, make it you rated? <laughs> you
0: can follow me on Twitter at Adam Wilmore. Follow us all at What Culture WWE. Make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your from, for daily wrestling podcasts. But for now, my thanks to Hamlet, to Andy. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon.